From tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. The Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, digital meteorologist and weather producer on the Weather Channel app Dina Knightley, former on-camera meteorologist at the Weather Channel Kim Cunningham, meteorologist and social media manager at Agora Pulse Jen Watson, star of Tornado Hunters Greg Johnson, and I'm your announcer and Skywarn Network coordinator Mark Johnson. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, Skywarn Storm Spotter and Chaser Bill Johnson. Hey, welcome everybody to the most entertaining weather podcast on your listening and viewing device. This is the award-winning Stormfront Freaks podcast. It's brought to you by Atmosphere Weather App. It's your hourly weather forecast on a clock for a quick read. It's the last daily weather app you're ever going to need. And I speak from experience there. Atmosphere Weather App, it's available on Apple and Android. You can learn more at atmosphereweather.com. Dot com And don't forget to also check out, guys, stormfrontfreaks.com because that's going to have our, our whole backlog of all of our previous shows. Uh, we've had shows with chase teams like the Tornado Trackers and Base Hunters Chasing. Uh, we've had Hurricane Hunters lead Warren Madden on the show. Uh, we also online, we've got a Zoom Radar Chaser map. That's cool. That you could, it's interactive. So you can actually uh, check different things, track the storms, and you can actually follow the chasers' live streams uh, to see what they're seeing. Uh, it's, it's a really cool app. And with the storms that we got coming up here the next couple days, uh, just kind of a, a neat little resource if you go to stormfrontfreaks.com. But tonight, uh, this is episode 96, and we've got star of Hurricane Man, uh, Mr. Josh Morgerman is yeah. with us tonight. Yeah. So, Josh, we're excited to have you on. We're also uh, going to, of course, drag him through our infamous lightning round, which will be a good time. Uh, I know he's excited about that. Oh. <laughs> and, and then we got hashtag weather fools, as always. We've got some good ones to share with you and certainly some WX resources uh, and a lot more. But before we get to all of that, I do want to start letting everybody know I've been teasing this a little bit. Uh, we've got our 100th episode is coming up. Uh, it's going to be on March 6th. Uh, which is actually a Friday. Normally we record on Thursdays, but this is going to be on a Friday. But what's unique about our 100th episode, besides being 100, uh, we've decided to make a party out of it. So we're all getting together, all the co-hosts. We're flying into Oklahoma City, and we're going to be uh, recording the 100th episode live at Vanessa Beer Company in downtown Oklahoma City. Again, that's on Friday, March 5th. Uh, That'll be at (laughs) 8 o'clock Central. So first off, Come on down. If you're anywhere near Oklahoma City, this is your invitation right now. Start making plans here uh, to come see us. But the other exciting thing that we've got is we're going to have guests coming in. First off, uh, meteorologist and Oklahoma TV legend Gary England yeah. is actually going to yeah, be uh, live on site. So you can meet, yeah. uh, meet Gary. We've had him couple times on the show mm-hmm. and also the uh, uh, WCM at the National Weather Service in Norman, Rick Smith is also going to be there with us as well. So we got a couple great weather guys and past guests that we've had come out to see us all. Uh, it's going to be an amazing live event. And what's really cool about this, uh, Josh, is they're doing a special beer tapping. Just for <laughs> That's our, the most uh, important. <laughs> just for our show. So and we're going to have lots of giveaways, and a lot of other things. So start making plans now to be in Oklahoma City that weekend with us. Uh, have a great time and enjoy yourselves. And, and on that note, good segue, it's always happy hour every time we record, whether we're in a brewery or not, uh, we're still drinking. 
usually, <laughs> or most of us. Uh, so, so it's always happy hour. So we invite you to join us, have a good time as we go through our shows and tonight with Josh. So I'm going to start MJ. MJ, I want to find out uh, what you're drinking up in Minnesota. Yeah, well, tonight I'm drinking Diet Mountain Dew. I kind of treated oh. myself uh, pretty poorly over the holidays. So, <laughs> I know. You know. Being smart. Being yeah. smart. Right. He's back a little bit. All right, Maz, Maz in Cincinnati. What do you got, brother? What I have drinking? mixed a Colorado Bulldog. Well, sort of. Whoa. Yeah, a Colorado I don't Bulldog. I know what that is. It's a white Russian that. with Coke. Unfortunately, we had no Coke, so it's got Dr. Pepper. <laughs> so it's Whoa. a Colorado Bulldog. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> it's oh just God. something I don't know. Like, it's hey, good. you kids, give me that Kool-Aid. It'll go in here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's actually awesome. pretty good. It's not called again? It's a Colorado Bulldog. Okay. So it's a white Russian with normally Coke, but this got Dr. Pepper and it's half gone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good impressive. Good. Thank you. Good stuff. All right, Dina down in Atlanta. What are you drinking tonight? I just have a just a basic Michelob Ultra. I'm boring. Mm. You guys are wow. so more much more fancier than Low I carb. am. Here. Low carb. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know. Happy New Year. How about Happy you, Jen? Year. Jen Watson, also down in Atlanta. What are you drinking? Hot chocolate. <laughs> uh. <laughs> because it's Jen, yeah, I, when when you come to Oklahoma City, are, am I going to be able to get you a drink, or is it always going to be a lemonade and a? No, you can get me a drink. Good. So, okay. Yeah, she won't drink it. We'll but spike you can get it. it. She won't know. Yeah. yeah usually, oh. I drink sparkling water, water, or like some sometimes coffee. Um, I don't drink that much really anymore. But we'll get you heavy water. Oh, well, let's, like well, while we keep drinking, let's turn it over to Maz to uh, go ahead and introduce our special guest tonight. Did you ask him if he was drinking? Oh yeah. What are you drinking? I, I did. did you? Yeah. What did you say? It wasn't exciting enough to ask him. That's it is right. it is coffee, but I, I make it hardcore by putting whipping cream in it. So oh. there you go. Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah, you and Jen with the whipping awesome. cream on the top of the hot chocolate stuff. That'd be awesome. Anyway. <laughs> you could say you have shots of tequila. We wouldn't know. You well, could hold true. something. We, no one knows. You make it exciting. <laughs> Just don't use Dr. Pepper. That's all I'm saying. All right. Yeah, I know I used to I bartended in my twenties, and I have to say, if someone asked for that drink, I, I don't know, I might send them out. That's I don't think I could I don't think I could mix those ingredients. <laughs> Get Uber here. I need something. Anyway. All right. Hey, Joshua Morgan is an American businessman, storm chaser, and the star of the 2019 Hurricane Man series on the Science Channel. Now, he's best known for his multitude of tropical cyclone chases. His storm chasing career began in 1991, flourished beginning in 2005 with Hurricane Wilma in Florida. With no real formal education in meteorology, all his experience comes from the chases. So Morgan has penetrated the inner cores of 49 hurricanes and typhoons, including Super Typhoon Haiyan and 2013 Hurricane Dorian in 2019. You're crazy, man. I'm just telling you right now of those hurt. What what were the two biggest ones? Were they Haiyan and Dorian for you or what was the big ones for you? So, yeah, you correctly guessed that my top two chases were Dorian and Hyann. And it's interesting. I just did like a, a, a decade countdown of my top 10 chases. And I actually really wrestled with whether the top one was going to be Hyann or Dorian. And uh, Dorian won out uh, because it was sustained winds of 185 miles an hour. And I went right through the core into the eye. And that was kind of... Kind of a religious experience. So that one won. Mm. With Hyann, I was in the eye wall, but I didn't get into the eye. So that so in terms of like just like the ultimate chase, Dorian. I, wow. I caught a video of you being interviewed by, I think it was CBS. And you were talking about how 
the house that you were in was like being destroyed and you're like, we got to get out of here. And then the eye was there and you're like, did you know where you were going to go? Cause you guys came outside and you're like, this is great. We need to find shelter. How much time do we have? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. By that time, we had no radar or anything. So we didn't know if we were just skimming the eye or going through the middle. We didn't know how much time we had. The building we're in was largely just, it was too smashed up to to stay there. So it was a scary thing though, because you know the wind, the wind in this thing was crazy. Like it was unlike any hurricane I've been in. When we came outside during the eye, cars weren't just thrown around. They were mutilated. They'd been like ripped oh open, God. twisted, torn. I mean, like crazy. Like I was just like, whoa. And when you see that, it really, it runs like a chill down your back. And I was like, hmm, what are we going to do? Only a few of our cars were working. I was with a group of 11 people, just people I met at the shelter. My car was one of the three that was working and we had to decide, okay, are we going to risk it, get in the cars, get on the road and try to find somewhere else to be when we don't know what's going to happen. My biggest fear was we're going to get stuck on the road when the backside hit and we would definitely have died in those winds. But uh, we actually did make it to a big government building that had withstood the winds. So we, we got through it and I'll tell you, thank God for the eye. The eye saved lives because it allowed hundreds of people in that area who were in smashed and destroyed buildings to relocate. How long was it? The eye lasted. It was about, uh, actually we had quite a bit of time. It was about a, about an hour and a half. It lasted a while. Wow. Yeah. We went right through. Well, it was, it was a good size. eye. It wasn't a pinhole. And also it was moving so slowly. That's right. So we were in the eye wall for a long time. The maximum winds lasted a long time. I mean, the building just took this pounding and then the eye was just kind of sitting over us almost. Uh, And we went through almost the middle of it. So it was a pretty good, just like bullseye hit. Did you know where you were heading? Because I would be like, I I would be panicking. Like, do I take the chance and go or do I try to stay safe? That was the, that was the big dilemma in my mind. I literally couldn't decide. And finally I just had to like make a decision. You know, I was with, I was with uh, 11 other people and we just thought, you know what it is. This building is so smashed up. We're not going to make it, you know, through the the other half. And it was a concrete building, but it had gotten so smashed up. Uh, so we felt like we kind of had to move, but yeah. Oh, I was like, if we get caught out on that road in these winds, we're dead. Well, you had to be safe because wasn't like uh, on your bucket list, Colorado Bulldog before. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Thank God I made it to see another day and possibly try that drink one day. So how long were you there for before you like were able to leave? A few days, uh, you know, and it was, uh, it, and that was actually in some ways, you know, kind of scarier than the hurricane because, you know, the, the, the place I was in Marsh Harbor, which is basically like, I don't want to call it a city. It's a town. It's like about 6,000 people. It's the capital town of Great Abaco Island. And it was just destroyed. I mean, large areas of the town were just flattened and the parts that weren't flattened were really badly damaged. And there was pretty much a, a, an altogether, like a breakdown of just kind of civil order, I'd call it. And, um, you know, it was, uh, there were a rough couple of days. Uh, I was living in my car, which had almost no damage. Um, that was the weird thing about this, this hurricane, you know, my car was just almost untouched. The one next to it blew away. The other one next to it was mutilated. It was almost like tornado damage. There was like meso vortex action or something where the damage was very weird and random. But anyway, my car survived and I just lived in it for a few days. And I, you know, I just kind of, I remember like getting a little like, freaked out like oh my god like what's gonna happen how long am i gonna be here and i just kind of took a deep breath and just you know i just 
said to myself, hey, you know, you want it to be that big shot. I'm going to fly to some random island for a Cat 5. This is what happens. This comes with the package. So just like deal with it. And uh, actually that kind of talking to, it's how my dad would have talked to me, you know, when I was a teenager and I just kind of like that sort of calmed me down. And I just said, I just kind of accepted it. And I, uh, while I was there, tried to be helpful. Since I had a functioning car, I was able to help people. I brought some people to their wrecked home to get their stuff. I brought other people to the medical clinic just tried to sort of be useful until I was able to get out of there. I had uh, food, you know, I had, I had supplies, I had water and I just, you know, lived on very strict rations. Um, you know, when I got back to civilization, man, I'll tell you, I hadn't had hot real food in days. And I was, you go to a buffet. <laughs> <laughs> I was at the hotel. I ordered two dinners and it was just like, awesome. Like it was on another island in the Bahamas and it was like some kind of like Bahamian dishes. And they were like, just fried and greasy. And I just, Oh my God, it was good. I ate alone because it's just like, no matter. I mean, after any hurricane, like I could eat, but after, you know, just living on peanut butter and granola for a few days, I was hungry. Yeah. So, yeah. I want to know what kind of car you had that lasted. It would make a good car commercial. Wow. Okay. It, you know, it's just, it was just some, it wasn't the car. It was just where the meso vortices hit. Uh, I was, I think it was, uh, it was just some generic kind of like Japanese, you know, car of like a, you know, just a small car. It just got lucky. That was it. Wow. Yeah. So, Josh, when you go chasing and like you're packing everything up, what are the top three things that you don't travel without? Whether it's like gear, some type of clothing. I just want to know. Yeah, that's a great question because I have like, I have, you know, a, a, like a main piece of luggage and then the carry-on and the carry-on is what I call the nerve center. And that has the stuff that like, I absolutely must have. So in that, um, well, my passport, of course, you know, most of the chasing I do is international. You know, the U.S. accounts for only a small part of my chasing, you know, chase all over the world. So the passport must have, I cannot show up in Australia or the Philippines without my passport because otherwise it's chase over. So yeah. there's that, obviously. <laughs> Passport's key. Uh, then I would say my Kestrels, my Kestrel 4500s, I have four of them. And uh, the reason I, I I use those, in case you're not familiar, it's a little device that that uh, collects like air pressure, temperature, humidity, stuff like that. They're very accurate devices. They're very portable. Uh, I, I carry multiple ones so that I can plant them in different places where the hurricane's going to come ashore so I can get a cool sort of pressure profile of the hurricane or as in a case, as as was the case with Dorian, in an historic storm where I know I'm going to get crazy data, I want to have multiple devices so there's some redundancy. So if I get crazy readings, I have other devices to say, okay, yeah, that the crazy reading was not a malfunction. Multiple mm -hmm. devices are showing it. Was it. Legit, so I, yeah. Yeah, like in Dorian, I measured 913 millibars in the eye. I wanted some verification <laughs> of crazy air pressure data like that. Uh, yeah. I, I don't want to nerd out too much. I know you told me it's not like too nerdy. A oh, that's good. That's you got to do it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. I can't help it. You know, there's this side of me like I'm still a hardcore nerd, man. And it's like I got to talk about that stuff. You know, I was making the TV show. They constantly had to like chain me up and hold me back from like nerding out hardcore on camera. <laughs> So, okay. So, so I said two things. I said the passport and the Kestrels and then, yeah, obviously some kind of like camera device. Now lately, interestingly, I've been doing a lot of my shooting on my Samsung, on my phone. The reason being that it's just, it's very water resistant, man. That thing just like, I, I've been in crazy conditions and that thing keeps filming where some of my nicer equipment just dies. So yeah, I would say, um, passport Kestrel, my Samsung phone, maybe a GoPro too, if I could have a fourth. Which Samsung? Oh, it's uh, the S8 Galaxy. Okay. I'm actually about to get. I'm about to get my new one. So whatever it's up to now. So I have a totally random question. Since you travel all over the world, how many languages do you speak? 
Well, very steadily. I'd say one and a half. I'm like, I, I, I kind of like I'm, I can get by in Spanish. English and a little Latin. <laughs> I could, I could get by like in Spanish. My Spanish is like, it's, it's not great, but it's like, I could, you know, I could go into a hotel and ask for rooms and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's hard though. You know, I do travel internationally now in the Philippines. Uh, English is actually the, is, you know, Philippines is very linguistically complex. There's all these islands. Every three islands has its own language, but English is one of the few languages that the whole country speaks. So in Philippines, you can get by. Okay. In Japan, outside of Tokyo, no one speaks any English and typhoons strike in the outer islands, basically like typhoons strike in the kind of, like Japan's version of like Texas and Louisiana. Like there's just like, you know, and I don't mean like the big cities. I mean like the small coastal areas. So, so that's always really challenging. Japan is always like, that's really hard. You just, you know, my, I don't know any Japanese, unfortunately. So. With, with 200 <laughs> mile an hour winds, you got to know something like, Hey, where's the bathroom? Cause that's what I'd be feeling. Like, <laughs> I gotta go. Now. Well, I've, gotten, I've become a very good mime artist. I've, I've had a, don't mind know, that. I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, so yeah. Uh, but you know, it's funny. I lived in my thirties. I was, uh, I was living in Eastern Europe for years in Prague. I was just business stuff. Uh, I actually, I had a few years where I was sort of not being chaser dude. I was just being like business dude. And I was living in Prague and I had a lot of clients in Eastern Europe. So I was, I had a Russian tutor, I had a Czech tutor and I was actually really learning those languages. And, uh, now it's, I forgot it all cause I haven't been there in a while, but yeah, I was actually really studying Russian and like, you know, reading paragraphs, you know, and yeah, crazy but in alphabet. your bio, you went to Harvard. Yeah, I did. I did. Totally, yeah. Totally a little different. Yeah, totally. Um, so, yeah, and I, and I didn't study meteorology. Everyone always asks me. Actually, Harvard doesn't offer that as a major. But um, even if they did, you know, my I had those kinds of parents who kind of decided everything. And they decided where I went to school. And they didn't pick my major, but they were like, my dad was like, yeah, you're not going to do meteorology. You're going to do liberal arts. So he just, he decided. <laughs> and okay, I was the dad. kind of kid that did what my parents dad. said. Who's What's paying that? for it? Yeah, it's true. You know, you know, here's the deal though. Here's the deal. My dad was actually right because he, he's like, you're more of an artist type. He's like, you're not a scientist. And actually he's right. And I, you know, and I always say this, I am a hardcore chaser and I'm a good chaser. I'm like a great hunting dog, you know, and I'm good at collecting field data that scientists use, but I'm not a scientist. I'm not a meteorologist. I'm You're not using field data. Yeah. So, so creativity. And my, yeah. And my, my sort of role in the weather community, honestly, is exactly what I want it to be. Cause if I was a scientist, I'd be working at the national hurricane center, mm. watching landfalls from an office building and having like chaser dude envy. So yeah. like, I'd be <laughs> yeah. probably really angry and resentful. So I think my dad in a weird way was right. <laughs> so I think that's the best side because uh, you get, I always joke because I do a lot of weather graphics and I'm a meteorologist. So you get to use both sides of your brain. You get to use the science side and the creative side and it kind of balances things out. You know, exactly. And I, I actually feel that way about my role in the weather community because I actually do a little bit of science. If you look at, I actually do these sort of very, you know, I, I joke and say, I'm just this hunting dog and I'm dumb. All I know how to do is like hunt down an eye. It's basically true. But when I'm in a, in a significant hurricane like Dorian or one where I've collected meaningful data, you know, I do, I create a technical report, which I, they're on my site, icyclone.com, go to the chases section and any hurricane that I've done a significant data collection and I do a report and the report will have some analysis regarding the pressure gradients and that I found. Am I still here? 
Yeah. Should I do that again? Okay. And the report will have, you know, a discussion of pressure gradients and other really kind of interesting things that I found. So I, I dip a toe into the science. I have co-authored a couple of peer-reviewed papers, uh, one of them being the, the big uh, paper on Hurricane Patricia. Um, I was invited with a bunch of PhDs to write this section about the landfall because I was there where it came ashore. Just for, for your viewers or listeners who don't know, Patricia was the strongest tropical cyclone ever observed on Earth. It weakened a little bit before it hit uh, Mexico, but I was there right where it came ashore. I collected some very interesting data and I was invited to co-author a paper on it, which was really cool. Um, I also did another paper on the great uh, Mexico hurricane of 1959, which flattened Monsignor. Uh, some friends and I did a reanalysis of it and the Hurricane Center uh, accepted our findings that actually it wasn't a category five like it had historically been believed. So I, I dip a toe into the science world. I love that. Yeah, all love right. It. So Sorry we've, we've got, Josh, we've got a question from one of our, um, from our chat room here, SVL Media. I don't know, MJ, if you can pull that up. But they were asking you about how do you do um, foreign Oops. data? Uh, like how do you do f cell phone data? How do you get your cell phone usage when you're overseas? Because you said you do a lot of chasing out of the States. Well, that's gotten easier and easier over the years. So like 10 years ago, you, you'd pay through the nose. Uh, it was it was, it was was a tough deal. Now more and more data is getting cheaper. And like, for example, um, you know, the, the carrier that I'm with has has a deal with most other carriers around the world. So, um, so that you just, you pay a little extra for that data, but that's actually getting easier and easier. And the solutions are becoming more and more seamless. You know, sometimes for some countries that aren't on the kind of global network plans, you know, I have to pay like a hundred dollars extra um, just to have basically unlimited data for the week or something like that. Obviously, data is key. You know, I'm like a data junkie. I have multiple devices. Data is everything. But yeah, that's one of the things that's just gotten so much easier in the last few years even. Did you ever forget and get like a $1,000 roaming charge? Yes. <laughs> like, oh, I've, gotten, I've gotten some like category five data bills. Yeah. I was not in that country. Someone used my phone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I've, I've had some blistering uh, data charges and, you know, I, I've, uh, you know, I've, I've learned my lesson. I'm pretty savvy about it now. The problem is, you know, the chasing I'm doing, you know, I'm jumping on a plane to like Taiwan in the middle of the night and it's connecting in Manila and blah, blah, blah. And then I get off the plane. And I got to like get in a car and just like drive for like hours and hours no time to stop no time to think and and you know as organized as i am sometimes you might forget that call to the the mobile uh you know right. uh provider to be like hey i'm i'm i need to buy that roaming plan <laughs> yeah <laughs> oops yeah so if speaking if, of oh, oh go ahead i'm of, sorry no yeah speaking of forgetting things uh t-bone b says wonder if your luggage ever gets lost well that's a great question and the way I travel, um, it doesn't matter uh, because it, I can't. I can't risk a whole chase getting ruined because a piece of luggage got lost. So the way I do it is, um, first of all, I try to do nonstop flights. Um, in the case that I can't, um, if I check anything, and I don't always check stuff, I travel really light. You know, I just um, I like I don't I don't bring a lot. You know, but. If I check something, it's just things that I don't care about. Stuff that I can. We don't need the there. underwear. We don't need anything close. It's, it's just my. You actually underwear. probably need that more than anything with those with where he goes. 
Oh, no, no, like anywhere you can get like, you know, just like shorts and tank top stuff like that. So basically all that stuff goes in there. But anything I really need stays with me at all times. It's kind of like I feel like some CIA special ops agent with like a nuclear briefcase. Like, it's just, like I go to the bathroom. It's handcuffed to you. <laughs> basically. I mean, I get crazy about it. You know, in certain countries that you don't have to worry about that, like in Japan and Taiwan, people don't steal stuff. Like you just like, you literally, you could leave like a device sitting on a counter in like a convenience store and come back like two hours later. It's just sitting there. No one took it. It's just wow. like, yeah, wow. yeah. There's certain countries. It's so funny, the cultural differences, but that's one of the things I like about traveling in Japan and Taiwan is like, don't they cut off your hand if you steal? No, those, those countries are actually, they're, 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 the, they're quite the opposite. <laughs> so Josh, what fascinates you more about tropical cyclones over like tornadoes or any kind of other big weather phenomena? It's such a good question because first of all, I, and I'm going to just say it and I don't, I'll take all the hate anyone wants to dish out is I'm a hurricane snob. I don't even think about other kinds of weather. So get over it. People <laughs> hey, like this is your safe me. space. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, you can. Oh. Like some people send me, you know, like a, like a picture of a nor'easter. Like, it's like, it's like, uh, yeah, save the granny porn. Not interested. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> granny porn. Save the granny, granny porn. porn. That's our title. <laughs> no, sorry. sorry no, I, was, I, I shouldn't talk that way. Sorry. It was like a. No, you can talk any way you want. I love it. Wait, I don't know what that is. Granny yeah. weather porn? Yeah, what is that? It's like a picture of a hollowed out, like low that doesn't even have like a core. That's what it is. So, um, yeah, so there's something about, okay, so I, I, I tried to figure out why am I so obsessed with hurricanes and hurricanes only? And yeah. I, I think part of it is that I grew up on Long Island and we had, you know, that was what we got, you know, when I was growing up and, and when, we were, when I was growing up, we had a couple of those. So I think I was used to that. There's something about the approach and the buildup and, and the way it climaxes right when you're near the center. And then the way, right when you're at the center, it just stops. And the eye is such a like religious experience. For me, you know, and, and it's the only phenomenon that, I had that has that, that the most violent part circles an area that is so serene. I think that just, that's so trippy. And I'm really, I just dig that, you know, and mm -hmm. when you look at hurricanes from above, like radar shots or satellite shots, there's, it's, it's like beautiful. It looks like a, looks like a, like a pattern, you know, and I think that's really cool. They, they have psychologists to help you with that, Josh. <laughs> Do you know how many eyes you've been in? Have you counted them? Uh, yeah, actually, it's on my Wikipedia like entry. I noticed someone's. I think it was in his it. intro. It's uh, no, no. It was oh, in the, the eye. Like how many times he's been in the yeah, eye? So I've been 49. in. I've been that. 49? That's eye walls, and uh, so I've been in forty-nine hurricane Dude. strength eye walls. Okay. In terms of eyes, it's oh, I had to count, but it's over thirty. Okay. And you know, people ask me this one thing about me. I'm a little weird. I'm a, I'm very much of a reclusive introvert, and I chase I chase alone, or at most, I chase with one other person. I don't do groups and people ask me why. And it's not that unfriendly, but I was thinking about this relating to my thoughts about hurricanes. Think about it. You're in a, like a house of worship, like a beautiful church. You know, you want, you know, you're, you're admiring the, the height of the ceiling and the light coming in the stained glass. And it's like, you want quiet. You don't want people yapping yeah. and reacting to it. And for me, like going through an eye wall into like a category five eye wall with like a stadium effect, like that's, that's like, for me, that's church. And it's like, I don't want people reacting to that. I don't want to hear other people like, or other chasers, let's say, I mean, you know, other human beings is something else, just <laughs> chasers, you know, <laughs> I just, I just want to kind of zen out about it. And I realized that it's almost like if I'm around other chasers, it kind of, it almost like can almost interfere with my connection with the storm a little. Yeah. It ruins it. It's eerily peaceful for you. You actually, yeah. 
enjoy it. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Hey, hey, storm freaks and weather geeks with, with all the travel people are, are doing over the holidays and now with breaks coming up, it, it'd be nice to be able to keep an eye on your home and potential property damage while you're away. Would you agree? Yes. Kind of know what's oh, yeah. happening at home. Yeah. So with an Accurite weather station connected to my Accurite on your computer or mobile app, uh, you can do just that. This is what's cool about this. So you can keep an eye on damaging winds. Uh, maybe it's heavy rains uh, with potential basement flooding or yard flooding you might have. Even freezing temperatures because you guys know that's when the pipes break. Um, I, I've had issues in my basement during heavy rains with with uh, water leaking in and things like that. So, you know, if, if I had an Accurite weather station, I'd be able to track the rainfall amounts that would cause that kind of leakage. So while I'm away from leakage, I don't know why I'm talking leakage, but <laughs> while, while I'm out, while I'm out of the house, yeah, yes, it is. So while I'm out of the house, this is what's great is, is when I see the rainfall amounts equal to that, I know I might be having some flooding issues uh, in my basement, and that's when I can call my neighbors or, or whatever else. So my Accurite, it works with the line of Accurite weather stations. I know uh, a number of our co-hosts have these, and you can even run it through your Amazon Alexa or Google <clears throat> Home device if you've got uh, one of those as well. So go to Accurite.com, and what's great is you can use the promo code PODCAST, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, uh, use podcast at checkout. You're going to get uh, a 10% discount on your entire order that you have in your cart on all your Accurite products. So again, go to Accurite, A-C-U-R-I-T-E, Accurite.com uh, for all those details. Hey, we're going to we're gonna take a break because I don't know about you. I got to refill my drink. Uh, it's getting low. And we're going to be right back so you can play along with Josh on his wonderful lightning round. You won't, you won't believe what we got. <laughs> Helicity.co is the leader in weather-themed clothing and accessories for the Stormfront Freak and you. Besides a creative line of weather-themed t-shirts, footwear, bags, and more, they also carry an exclusive line of Stormfront Freak's podcast gear and drinkware. Get a 10% discount on your entire order when you use the code EPISODE at checkout. Listen for a new code each episode. That code again is EPISODE. Find it all at Helicity.co. All right, so hey, welcome back. Uh, we are with the Hurricane Man himself. We got Josh Morgerman, uh, Hurricane Chaser, on tonight. Uh, we're having a great time with Josh. Josh, I want to know this because I, I haven't had time to get into some of the questions I had. So you talked about how most of your chasing now is international. I, I'm a little curious if if that's recently now you've gotten more international, but but the question is really based upon how do you decide if I'm going to chase a particular storm in the States, which is probably easier for you to do. And how am I going to de decide what goes into the decision-making process? If I'm going to fly and wing this sucker and, and chase this international storm. Oh yeah. I mean, that's a million dollar question. And the thing that I feel like I've, I'm good at is, is picking the winners, you know, pulling the trigger for the right ones. Cause I'll tell you, it is painful. And it's happened to me only a couple of times that I flew 7,000 miles across the ocean, then took a connecting flight to some Japanese island to miss the eye wall by a few miles or or to uh, be there for like a sheared tropical storm. So <laughs> it's pretty painful. So uh, I've gotten, I developed pretty good instincts about judging what's going to be a good, solid, clean, intense landfall and what's worth going after. 
I love chasing in the States because it's easier. I love chasing in Texas because it's so close. You know, I'll, I'll chase anything heading to Texas because I love chasing in Texas and it's close to California. So, uh, you know, that's the, the, the stakes are lower when I chase in the States. Now the, my desire to chase internationally, my desire to chase domestically came to a conflict during hurricane Florence. So I was in North Carolina chasing hurricane Florence and it was while we were filming Hurricane Man, and there was a Category 5 super typhoon heading for the Philippines, and I was really tortured about it, and I couldn't decide what to do, and I just, I was like, screw it. I just bailed on Florence, left her on the altar. <laughs> I said, bye, I found something sexier, and flew across the ocean to super typhoon Manhut. And, you know, I think like this, the TV executives in London weren't too happy <laughs> about my decision. They were like, wait, wait, you're filming in... Uh, you know, the Carolinas, but it actually made a great double episode of Hurricane Man where, you know, me and one of the directors just tore off and broke off and just went to the Philippines and hunted down this category five in the jungles, uh, you know, up there. No, it was really, it was really a big adventure and it ended up being worthwhile. But that was an example of where the, the kind of the foreign allure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The exotic temptress. Because <laughs> so. how many people do you take when you like, who's part of your crew? How many people in your crew do you have? Well, so. I'm a lone wolf. I like to chase alone or at most of one of the person. Now I had to adjust my attitude about that when we were filming hurricane man. Uh, then all of a sudden I had a whole crew. I had three directors, you know, telling me what to do all the time. I had, you know, crew assistants, like translators, fixers. So I, and I just sat myself down and I said, all right, you gotta, you gotta just take a deep breath and deal with this. You signed up for it. So, uh, so that was that year, uh, and you know, and I got used to it and I actually, I got used to the camaraderie of chasing, you know, with a crew, uh, but it was hard because I didn't have the freedom, you know, and I couldn't connect with the storms as much as I like to, because I had to constantly be on camera talking about my feelings and what we're doing and where we're going. <laughs> well, you know, I'm going to tell you this guys. So I got an email from Josh about, uh, factoids about him, uh, that, that I could use to maybe come up with. Uh, questions for our lightning round, but I will say one of his factoids. I'm going to read this. Uh-oh, uh oh. Yep. It, you should be. It says, I'm a reclusive introvert and I prefer being alone or at most with one other dude. I don't do groups. So just in case you were <laughs> curious, let's clarify that. We know what you mean. We're still keeping everything <laughs> else open. Mm -hmm. uh, so tell, so you're talking about Hurricane Man. So where did that come from? Where did this series come from? How'd that come about? Well, you know, for years I've been appearing on like the Weather Channel and Weather Nation doing live coverage and then appearing in these clip shows, you know, like top 10 nastiest hurricanes, you know, and you like all appear on segments talking about some of my past adventures. And the Brit the British love those and they, they produce a lot of them. So I had this uh, for a couple of years, I've been appearing on a lot of these British clip shows. And a producer of one of them just approached me and said, "Hey, you know, we should make a we should make a series about you." And uh, and he came up with this concept for a show where they they follow me around the world as I hunt down storms. And there's three plot lines. So one director follows me as I'm hunting down the eye to collect data. Another uh, crew embeds with the local sort of experience of just normal people in the storm. And then a third embeds with emergency services as they're like rescuing people and stuff. So a typical episode interweaves these three plots to give you this full look at what happens when a hurricane or a typhoon hits somewhere. So that was the concept for Hurricane Man. It was a great concept. And uh, the producer sold it into UK TV and BBC and they uh, they combined to fund it and, uh, and it became an international TV show. Cool. That's so epic. Yeah. That's so awesome. 
So when you are was, out, uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. When you're out now traveling around, do people recognize you? And they're just like, oh my gosh, we know who he is. And they try to follow you wherever you go. They throw panties at you. <laughs> Isn't that Engelbert Humperdinck? I don't know. <laughs> no, that's uh, Tom Jones. That's Tom Jones. <laughs> it's not unusual. <laughs> so was there a question um, there? I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. Do people, no, no, there was. Um, and like, um, follow you. It depends where there's one place where I am very recognized, which is Tacloban city in the Philippines. So this was a, this okay. is a city of 200,000 people that had a direct hit by a category five, super typhoon, super typhoon high end thousands died. Uh, I was there um, at the height of the storm. I jumped in the water to rescue some people video of that, of me pulling people out of the water went viral. And so then the whole world saw it. It was, uh, you know, it was really weird. All of a sudden I was just on TV everywhere and I'd never been on TV before that. That was sort of what started my kind of life in TV. But interestingly, when I go back to Tacloban and I've gone back a couple of times, one to do research and two, just to reconnect with other people I wrote out the storm with uh, people there recognize me. Absolutely. You know, I mean, I stand out a little bit, you know, I'm kind of this like big, tall white guy. I mean, I just like definitely stand out, but, um, but people, yeah, they absolutely recognize me there. It's really interesting. I, I feel a real connection to that city. Just, you know, what I saw there, um, what, what I'm just witnessing it. I mean, that was unlike anything I've seen any, any time in my career. How, how many of the fatalities were from the storm surge? That's a great question. I would say probably 90 to 95%. It was mostly that. I mean, the winds were crazy, but uh, it was the storm surge. It was, it was a weird typhoon. It was extremely intense. It was actually quite small and it was moving really fast, like over 20 knots. I mean, this thing was trucking and it's interesting as, as Americans, we think of storm surge as this really big factor because of our coastline, Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, they all, Florida, they've all got these continental shelves with gentle slopes that augment these surges and you get these crazy surges that go 20 miles inland parts of east asia don't have that like the japanese islands i'll ride at the storm like, like right on the water like they don't they don't get storms or the towns are so hilly that you can walk 50 feet and be plenty high so this area of the philippines is an exception it's more like the u.s where it's really just very flat and this town was at the top of a bay and basically what happened was when the center of the, of the cyclone passed south of us, the wind shifted southeast and basically forced all, all this water into this tiny, tiny little bay. And it just overflowed into the city, like basically like a tsunami. And I saw it come in. It came in so fast, people just didn't have time to get out of the way. So it was partly, it was such a high surge, but two, it moved so fast. And I would say easily well, well over 90% of the fatalities were that. Were they not, I mean, I think I saw something you had said that they didn't really understand what storm surge was, but they know what tsunami is. Correct. And it's, it's a great point you bring up. So, so after it, what people said was like, they're like, God, if they just told us a tsunami was coming, we would have gotten out of the way. Now, of course, my, my weather dude side is like, well, they don't understand. It wasn't a tsunami. It wasn't caused by a geological event, but to just the person on the ground, it was a tsunami. To people who don't care about the technical distinctions mm -hmm. of what caused it, it was a tsunami. It was a wall of water that just came in and swept the city clean. And what I was wondering, I was thinking to myself, was this an occasion where it would have been better to have used technically incorrect terminology because it would have saved lives? If they just said a tsunami's coming, everyone would have gotten the f 
away from the water and the, the deaths would have been minimized. It's an interesting question. No, I, I will say this. Since then, I think that they've done a lot. That was in 2013. Since then, they've done a lot of work in educating. And I think that people are now starting to understand what the word storm surge is. Now, one final thing I'll say about the Philippines, it's a challenge because, like I said, it's linguistically very complex. Literally, every three islands has its own language. So it's hard to, that creates another whole barrier in terms of educating about what storm surge means. Wow. That's so crazy. That had to be a crazy trip in general, because that was the first time I really saw video coming in that was unedited. Yeah. And it, it was disturbing like to see so many, and I, I don't want you to be such a downer here, but so many dead people, dead bodies there. And it, it, it has to really freak you out a little bit. Oh yeah. I, I mean, that was the first like mega disaster that I was in actually. And I, to this day, the only thing that's come near it was Dorian. Um, and yeah, just seeing dead bodies in the streets, I was totally rattled. And, you know, I, and I realized to survive, I needed to basically shut my emotions off. I remember just saying to myself, all right, don't react. Don't feel anything. Just, I literally turned myself into a robot. I shut my emotions off. And what was interesting is when I got back to California days later and I was kind of in a safe space, that's when I had like emotions. I was like crying and stuff. And just like, I was like watching it on TV and crying more then than when I was there. Cause I think as a defense mechanism, like I said, mm -hmm. I just, I just simply shut down and became a robot that was just focused on how do I, how do I cover this event and how do I, how do I get out of here? You know, survive. Hey, yeah. la last question, Josh. So when you're, especially again, when you're overseas, what tools are you using uh, to track, you know, like as far as radar options or weather, what tools are you using to track where this sucker is going, where I need to go next? Um, what are you using? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's uh, I, I keep it really simple. So my, my, my main thing is a, I have an iPad and, you know, I use radar scope if it's, if it's in the continental U S or an area that has American radar. And then I try to use local radars. Now, some countries have radar, some don't radars, obviously how, you know, I'm very into precision chasing. Like I've got to get in the eye wall and the eye. And if I don't at least get in the eye wall, it's a, it's a failure of a chase. And an eye wall is often a very small feature. People think hurricanes are so big. Oh, it's such a big target. <clears throat> if you're chasing in a real way, and you're really trying to like hunt down the sweet spot of the storm, it's actually a pretty small target. So I try to get radar. Uh, some countries don't have radar. For example, a lot of Mexico, the radars are down. So oftentimes when I'm hunting in Mexico, I got to do, and let's say it's at night, all you have are low res infrared images. And that, that makes it really, really hard. So you just yeah. use the tools that are available, you know, and, uh, you know, you do the best you can, but yeah, without radar, it's really hard. But interestingly, some of my most successful chases were, you know, just with infrared imagery. And that's, uh, you know, just for people who don't know, satellite images don't show all the structural details. They don't show the eye wall and this, like the, the things you're hunting, they don't show them in as great details radar. So if you have infrared images, you don't get it. You have to kind of guess or extrapolate. And it's a, it's a, it requires a lot more skill. Pete, take a radar in your pocket next time. Right? <laughs> <laughs> got to be something that's in your top five now. Doesn't Apple have one it. of those yet? So that, uh, so, hey, it's time for our lightning round. This is our game no. show of flashy questions that we always have with our guests. <laughs> We always awesome. invite everybody to play along, and and I want you to know tonight, uh, Josh, you're you're apparently a fitness buff, yes, yes. Your your health is important to you. Um, God love you. 
And and so I'm we're gonna play a game tonight. I'm I'm gonna call this game uh we're gonna call it Spot the Scam. <laughs> so spot the scam. So when it comes to fitness stuff, there's lots of scams that are out oh. there. So so here's here's what I'm gonna do. This is related to fitness equipment. And and I'm gonna go through a bunch of uh of pieces of equipment. Okay, and I'm gonna give you two at a time. One of them is an actual piece of fitness equipment. It's probably not very good. The other one I totally made up. So, so in all honesty, they're both kind of scams, okay? But, but one of them is a real scam, and one of them I completely made up. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. And, I might I, actually I was, have both. Just you, no, you could. And, and I'll say this. So, Maz, I'm, I'm going to let all you freaks, you can, you can chime in and help Josh if, if you want to try and help him out. Uh, you're certainly welcome to do that. But, but Josh, I'm ultimately going to go to you to, to make a decision. Which one is the real scam uh, uh, as opposed to which one's the false one? So you got to tell me what the real one is. Does that make sense? Okay, the real right, one. The real, the one. real okay. one. So you're telling me what's the one that's actually okay. been out there. All right. Okay. So here's the first two. First one is the Power Balance Bracelet. Improve your balance, strength, and flexibility through special hologram frequencies found in the bracelet. That's one of them. Here's the second one, the Wave Tech Belt. This discrete battery-powered belt emits UV waves to help restore your body's natural energy and metabolism to increase the speed of weight loss. So one of them, either the Power Balance Bracelet or the okay. wave tech belt is real. I have a guess. Okay, I, I have a guess. But... They both. Do you want me to? Yes. Yeah, sure. What do you think? What do you think is the okay, real I mean, one? They both sound. They both are crap. Obviously, <laughs> I mean, I don't, but but I would say that the the belt is the one that actually existed. The bracelet just sounds too crazy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you're gonna say the uh, wave tech the belt. belt. UV is the waves. Real thing. Yeah, oh, that's correct. Wow. I I made that one up. The real one is the Power Balance bracelet. That's real. No. Uses some wow. special hologram frequencies oh, or something. Oh my God. What's a hologram? A hologram that, that frequency? was what threw me up because that sounded don't so even ridiculous. Know. But it's real. Like a fake, like a projected. <laughs> yeah, thing. I don't. I don't like even know. Yeah, at the beginning of Star Wars. Search like, exact. <laughs> search Power Balance bracelet. All right, here's the next two. Uh, you've got the, you've got the cop coat. The cop coat, the added weight of this Kevlar and copper-lined everyday jacket will improve your leg, arm, and core strength while reducing body weight during your day. So the cop coat. Hmm. The second one is the sauna suit. This space-age jumpsuit will help you sweat off the pounds while working out, sleeping, or even watching TV. A sauna suit sounds like the ones the guys wore in wrestling when they were trying to make weight. I was it's just about to great. say, it yeah. so sounds so, like wrestling. So sauna suit or cop coat, what's the real scam? <laughs> or what's, what's the one that actually existed? Oh, God. Oh, what, what's the one that was really made? What was the one really made? The sauna suit or the cop coat? The, the cop coat suit. sounds like, you'd say the sauna suit? That is Yay, correct. Good. I, the cop coat sounds like would not only add weight and help your workout, but stop bullets. Yeah. It's yeah. That's what I, I was going to say. That was, that was my, what tipped me off. I was like, it, it no branding, no one would allow it to be branded that way because of the potential confusion. So there you go. Mr. Yeah, branding, yeah, man. Right. There you go. All right. Nice job on that one. Next, yeah. next one. Clever. Yeah. 
Next no, one. Right. Here we go. We, we've got uh, the dumbbell utensils. Uh, by making each bite harder, these weighted <laughs> utensils will help you manage your body weight. Or the other one is the can manager. This beer or soda can dispenser, it can be set to only allow a specified number of cans a day, allowing you to keep to your diet goals. <laughs> so, the, so either the dumbbell utensils or the can manager is a real scam. I just like God. the dumbbell utensils. I know. <laughs> oh, my God. That is awesome. All right. I'm going to guess that the can dispenser is the real one. Okay, were you gonna say something else there, or just no, no, no? Okay, He's waiting okay. for your. My mouth is okay. Oh! The real thing is the dumbbell utensils no. that are yeah. weighted to make your bite harder to. Oh my God! the stupidest thing in the world. I, I, picking up a brick. Phil like, knows. Are they? Phil knows I have the hundred pound phone. It's very hard to pick up. <laughs> all right, oh all right, God. we got three more. Three more oh to go through. All right, the ab lounge. Uh, work smarter and not harder while you lean back and crunch away on this abdominal workout chair. Or the six-second master gator. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Serious. This green-weighted pole will enhance back, oh. bicep, and wrist muscles <laughs> when shaken. Uh, six seconds a day yields results in 28 days or your money back. Oh, my back. God. Okay. <laughs> Okay. What's the real one? I have to assume the first one because the second one sounds just nasty. So the ab lounge, uh, you would be oh, correct. Oh, my God. The six-second master gator does not oh exist. Oh, my God. But have you guys seen those, like, weighted yeah, dumbbells? That you yeah, like? Yeah, yeah, there's been some interesting okay. videos on that, I'm sure. All right, next one. You've got the swim resistance uh, fan belt. So these swim belts, they have two battery-powered propellers. When faced in the reverse direction, they provide additional resistance to enhance your workout in half the time. The other one are the toning shoes. Curved sole shoes will help you lose weight, tone hips, thighs, and butt, and improve posture while you walk or run. One of them is a real scam. The know. other one is a made-up. I think two's the real one, but... I don't know, my magic shoes. Yeah, so we got swim real, resistance, I... fan belt, or the toning shoes. That, thing's got, that thing, you could just, that's a lot of thing to be wearing in the water. I kind of agree with I, I agree with Dina. Yeah. What do you think, Josh? Now watch what we're wrong. I think the shoes the shoes to me sounds like that could be sold on some late night infomercial. The, the, yeah. the shoes are real. The shoes. Yeah. And they are. Uh, Skechers, came, the Skechers came out with some and, and they've got a class action lawsuit against them for it. By no way. Way. Oh. All right, here we go. The last one uh, is always the best one, Josh. Uh, you're doing well. You're on a roll here. So we have got the Hawaii chair. Sit and get fit. Get your work done while this chair with rotating hula seat tones your core. <laughs> or the That's bun true. burner. The bun burner. Get the you've always wanted during your commute to work. This seat is designed to position your bottom in a way to flex and work it out while you sit. So there's the bun burner or the Hawaii chair, which oh is the real actual item yet still a scam <laughs> what do you think I everybody think i'll let other people what, what do you guys the think first one is a scam i think i don't know that's I, hard what's real you can't is the hawaii chair a real product or the, the bun burner real bun burner. You do? i think oh, hawaii is real 
If you're driving and your buns are moving, that's not good. That's not safe. What what do you think, Josh? It's not a public transit thing. It's like for the car. That second. Uh, It's apparently for the car. Yep. So you commute to work. It's like sorry. You plug it into the uh, (laughs) the (laughs) lighter. Plug it into your lighter. Officer, my butt didn't stop. I like it. It sounds unsafe, but that that Hawaii thing sounds just so ridiculous. I, I'm gonna go with the. I think the 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 seat the second thing the bun is burner. Real. Yeah. So the bun burner is a real scam. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that is incorrect. Sorry, the Hawaii chair oh, is actually you. real. You sit down oh, and wow. it just. That's in a amazing. And I, That's, I like that, the way you're doing it. I love how MJ's like. <laughs> I own one. MJ anyway, owns one. Josh, great one job, man. You you did excellent on uh, picking out the real scams, and which I would expect you're a marketing guy, right? Wow. Uh, on that, anyway. <laughs> so, so let's do this, uh, Josh. How can listeners find you on social media, and then where can they also find your Hurricane Man series? Oh, okay. So, uh, if you want to enjoy Hurricane Man, uh, you can get on Amazon Prime now. It aired on Science Channel. Now, Amazon Prime is the best place to get it. Oh, and if you want to follow me on social media, uh, I Cyclone, the letter I and the word Cyclone, on either Twitter or Facebook. On Instagram, it's I Cyclone One because some kid on the other side of the earth is using iCyclone. Smart kid. Hey, you knew, you knew that was one to have. Has he tried to sell it to you yet? No, he won't respond to me. <laughs> now you've tried. He's holding out. He hasn't posted in five years. Yeah, he probably, yeah. Wait, oh, wait, wait, Josh, it, Josh, if he hasn't posted in five years, I might be able to help you get that. Oh. Yeah. All right. So, hey, tell you what, guys, I want you to know this. I have found the last daily weather app you're ever going to need. And I swear to God on this, um, I I have had all the weather daily weather apps. Right. So the ones where I'm just looking to see, hey, what's the what's the weather going to be like today? What's going on? Every single for the most part, weather app I've always looked at. I'm having to scroll down and scroll through a bunch of other stuff or I'm having to click on other things to find out. Like, I want to know what's happening hourly it's always hard to find an hourly forecast of what's going on, especially extended out over multiple days. Um, so the Atmosphere Weather app, this has seven days of hourly weather temps, uh, cloud cover, precipitation, and it's all rendered around a clock with your radar right in the center. This is beautiful. Everything's on one screen. It can even integrate your calendar to see what to wear, to, your, for example, to your kid's soccer game. Right, it'll show your calendar right on the hourly weather map. Uh, Atmosphere weather app. It's on Apple and Android for the U.S., U.K., and Canada. So all our our U.K. and Canada listeners got a, an opportunity to do this as well. The free version will give you up to three days of weather forecasts. But get this for only three dollars and ninety nine cents a year. So four bucks a year subscription gets you seven days of hourly weather. No banner ads. It gets you that radar map in the middle and so much more. So you got, I'm telling you guys, you got to see it to believe it. It's Go to it. atmosphereweather.com to get uh, more information. So, hey, we're, we're going to go ahead. We're going to take our final break, folks. We're going to be back with our infamous hashtag weather fools and, of course, some weather resources. So stay tuned. This is former Hurricane Hunter and Recon Coordinator Warren Madden, and you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks Podcast. It's 
take a drive under the moon Let's take a drive under the somber sky Let's take a drive under the moon Alright, well it's that time again and uh, part of our show is called Weather Fools. It's the time of the show where you find a video or something of somebody doing something stupid in weather and of course nowadays everybody with a smartphone can take a picture. <laughs> and uh, this is the time we get to kind of like, you know, make a little fun of people, you know, nothing, nothing too mean. But uh, Phil, you have a couple weather fools, right? I do have a couple. Uh, I love these good old weather fools. So the, the first one I'm going to cover with you uh, is from Luke Doris. This is on Twitter at uh, Luke Doris WPLG. He's a meteorologist in Miami, Florida, and he wanted us to know, uh oh, Iguana watch is back. Uh, so here's a here's a weather watch I wasn't aware of. It's the Iguana watch down in southern Florida. But he said, uh, be careful. Temperatures dip to near or below 50. The cold-blooded iguanas can freeze up and lose their grip from trees That's and crazy. fall from the trees. What? Uh, and so they just fall. <laughs> yep, they fall off the trees. I wonder and... if he can make a polygon with like a color that just changes color with. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. I like that. that is All right. Clever. So that's, and I don't re, truly weather fool. I don't know who's the fool there. Probably the iguana, but iguana. I just, I just kind of thought that was more weather funny than weather fool. Uh, and then the last one I've got is, you know, it's winter time. There you go. And yeah. uh, ABC News on Twitter Ooh. at ABC uh, said cars and buses are skidding and colliding on icy roads as Whoa. snowfall in Turkey's capital caused many drivers to lose control. So it's the good old. Here's a shot of a hill. Uh, snowed over and cars and vans and buses just are the wheels are locked and they're just sliding on down the hill and here's the stupid people yeah right get out of the way you got all these stupid people at the bottom of the hill watching on what's happening and what's going on oh man and they're crashing oh look at this that looks good someone was not at the top of the hill telling these people to slow down and they probably wouldn't have anyway yeah, That's probably true. not. Yeah, they want because they wanted to videotape it. That's why yeah. they wanted to get on Weather Fools. You guys, I'm going to admit something as my own Weather Fool for myself. Um, we don't get snow that much um, in Atlanta where we are, and I think it was two, three years ago. Um, it was a little icy, and I'm I grew up in Rochester, New York, and so I'm used to, or I was used to driving in the snow, and it's hilly in Atlanta. And um, I was leaving my neighborhood. I totally lost control and took out my neighbor's mailbox. Nice. I was weather I didn't remember that. Yeah, I you would remember, oh, yeah, that. I remember that. Yeah. Oh, I, I man, I, I took it out. Like, While holding a baseball bat? Or did you just no, do it with the car? With my car and I spun it around the other way. <laughs> it was, yeah. Mm -hmm. right. Wow. Okay, MJ, you've got some weather fools, right? I do uh, this time. It's actually their listener contributions. So okay. we're happy for folks that do that. And this first one, uh, it's submitted by MCC Storm Chaser, also known as Giovanni. And this was what prompted the weather fool. So they had a, a graphic about, uh, you know, sort of that uh, time cast, right? Of when's the highest chance of precipitation at certain times. And what happened, if I can bring the other one up here, is... Um, Sherry uh, chimed in and said, yeah, 
Okay. Can't believe everything you see or read. Forecast above. Post says at nine o'clock, 90% rain. Doubtful. As I'm typing this, it's almost nine o'clock, Dallas. It's only light drizzle. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. She wants her hourly forecast really specific. Mm, yeah. Right. right. So, Jeez. wow. Hey, they said it was going to start at 222. Yeah. It's exactly. 222. So. <laughs> So there you go. So Sherry's a bit of a weather fool on that one. And then we had uh, Charles Peak chimed in with this one, which is another uh, loses car. Oh, in look at that. Skippy. Yep. That's so bad. And that's it's buffering. It's like the ground ate him there. Yeah. Yep. It just what again. What the hell did he fall in? Like. It, it, no, it's like it tipped into a hole or over. Like a, yeah. a, it went yeah. over a curb. Like yeah. this crazy yeah. clown pulled him in the Heck drain. A curb. <laughs> so there you go. Some listener contributions. Wow, that was a good one. Who sent that in? That was Charles Peake sent that in. Oh, Charles uh, Peake actually sent it in. Okay, sent great. It in, yes. I love Charles. He's so awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Just Charles. Mm -hmm. All right, I He's have really one. Guy. And and on your uh, flooding one, this is funny. Can you see this? They will so now. This was, this was in Russia. And so, you know, we can make fun of people in Russia. Um, so <laughs> what are they going to do? All right. So Dina all is, these Dina's people, not going to go to Russia. Her visa I, won't be approved. I, I've been there and I've left and I'm not going back. But look at all these people. Okay. So they parked all their cars on the ice. Now, okay. You know, maybe the ice is thick enough for one car. But when you put like 30 cars on it. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's like, so crazy. They take a rocket scientist to figure out you're going to go in the water. So all of these went in the water, like, and they had to be towed out. Oh, I mean, look at this. Like, how? Wow. Come on. People. Well, and the engine, the engine heat while it's cooling off yeah. is melting the ice. Oh, like that's using true. a crowbar to try and pry it up out they of the They were ice. drinking way too much vodka. It must have been some kind of, you know, yeah, exactly. I don't know what even to tell you, but it, it it's yeah, so Josh, funny. we're not real politically correct on this show. Yeah. No. By the way. Vodka, one of the ingredients in a white Russian. Just we so just you know. we just lost our Smirnoff uh, sponsorship. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but you know, anyway. All right, so that's a good part wow. of uh, Weather Fools. If you want to see those links, or uh, you could check out episode ninety six of the show notes. That's got all the links, and you can watch them all the time. And then now Jen has weather resources. What do you got, Jen? All right. So weather resources, this is our section where we have either fun tech gear or websites to go to for you to learn about weather, totally geek out about weather. Um, it, it's awesome. I, I love this section of the show. Uh, I have one, but I want to see if anybody else has one first. Phil, you've got I do. one I or one. Dina has one too. Dina, yeah. why don't you go first? I'll go after you. Okay. So this one is kind of cool. If you, I'm going to share my screen. It's, uh, was from the tornado Titans originally. Um, and it's a, it's kind of like a tutorial, which is you know, normally not what I post on these things, but it talks about photographs uh, from Cameron Nixon. And this is the coolest thing I've watched in a long time. If you want to geek, um, you can. Now, this is like about 40-minute tutorial, and they talk about, mm. and I don't want to get too uh. technical, but they talk about skew-tees. They talk about photographs. But the great thing about it is that he actually posts pictures like to the side of it like he'll show the photograph he'll show the picture of what the oh, actual storm looks like on cool. some of them he'll show the radar so and that's mr skew t to you by the way dina i love it though like look at this this is so cool like he shows cool. it and it's a great learning tool like wow. i'm going to save this and go back to it and especially tomorrow with the severe i think i'm going to try to like yeah that's cool you know he got a little bit 
Um, oh, but if you have the time awesome. and you're trying to learn about it, because I, I just find it so interesting. Mm. And the fact that he like showed these and showed like the certain, you know, why you could see the tornado and there, there wasn't as much rain wrap and everything. It was so cool. I, I can't keep telling you how cool it is, but if That's you have cool. the time, go back and <laughs> check it out. It's about 40 minutes, but you can bookmark it and just go back to it whenever you want. I love it. So cool. do you got to get permission? Like if I'm a professor which I'm not, I played one on TV, <laughs> but, but if I were a professor, could I use that? I don't know. Or, you know what I'm saying? Cause I would I, definitely want to I would love that. it. Like I Severe wish I had that kind of stuff. Cause when you, you're just looking at it or reading it in a book and then you don't have like a visualization to right. think, wait a minute, wait a minute. Am I, cause then he showed one thing where you're not going to get, you're going to get LP storms, like low precipitation. So you're not going to see or, you know, if you have low precipitation, you're going to be able to see the tornado from far away. Mm -hmm. um, it, it was really interesting. I, I learned a lot watching it. Yeah, um, tor Tornado Titans. They've got some great stuff. Uh, yeah. Rachel Santer actually put a lot of that stuff together. A lot of the videos. Mm -hmm. They've got a Titan U mm -hmm. section, which is just Maz, all educational. Yeah videos about and weather exercise and equipment too. <laughs> titan U. the titan you're gonna titan, titan some you stuff. gazelle yeah. <laughs> titan you gazelle all right phil you got one yeah so uh, i'm sharing my screen so this this was something that um you know the national weather service is always doing experimental products that i love uh unfortunately it always my problem with anything government wise it always takes forever to get it out to the actual public for the most part, but they always have great stuff. You know, the stuff they're working on is amazing. So this is through the Weather Prediction Center. And, you know, the SPC, the Storm Prediction Center, is great for getting an idea of tracking what's coming up across the entire country when it comes to a lot of convective storms, um, you know, thunderstorms, tornado, hail potential, strong winds, all that stuff. Well, the Weather Prediction Center has come up with this. Uh, it's called the Experimental Winter Storm Severity Index. And it's to me, it's very similar to the SPC, you know, one, two, three-day outlook kind of a situation. And, and so we'll have the links on the show, but you can just search Weather Prediction Center uh, Winter Storm Severity Index, and it'll pull up the website. But it shows you uh, what's going on, uh, the map shows you over the next one to three days, and it uses colors kind of like the SPC does to show where is the winter weather going to be very severe. Now, that could be just ice. It could be snow. They obviously take into account that, you know, one inch of snow down in Atlanta is going to be as deadly as two feet of snow in, you know, Detroit, Michigan. Uh, it takes that into account when it looks at severity and the potential impacts. And then you can look at day one, uh, what's it look like? What's it going to look like day two? Mm. And then That's day nice. three. You can break it up. Yep. Yeah. And, and of course, off to the side, you know, there's no impact, limited impact, minor impact. And then the, you know, the severe ones are moderate, major and extreme impacts when it comes to winter weather. And so for me, this is a great way, especially so I work in a university for an athletic department as, as we're looking ahead to our athletic events, mm -hmm. uh, the, the storm prediction center has been great for our spring, summer, uh, fall athletic events that are outdoors. But then when it comes to the winter time, uh, being able to have something like this to really, in my opinion, have something official, right? Something that we can say, Hey, we're making decisions based on the national weather services, winter storm severity index as to, are we going to run this event, not run the event? 
uh, move it up, move it back. You know, all those things that we would make if we were in the spring or summer when it comes to convective storms and moving or changing events. So I like it. Yeah, it's really really neat, and they're they're still obviously working on it. They give you an opportunity to provide feedback if you want. I like that. That's cool. awesome. Yeah, very. We'll cool. try it out in... tomorrow. Yeah, there you go. That's yeah. true. Yeah. We got severe right. tomorrow. We got winter tomorrow. We got all kinds of stuff tomorrow. We've got everything. All yeah. right, guys. I'm gonna um, share my screen. Let's see if I can do it, guys, accurately. You can uh, do it. I believe in you. You can you believe do it. it guys? <clears throat> do it. Am I doing it? Not yet. There you're doing it. No skeletons. Okay. Good. We got it. <laughs> All right. So the first one, this is the American Meteorological Society, and it's their weather resources page. And they break down literally every kind of resource you could ever want, whether you're a teacher, a weather geek, or even a meteorologist too, and want some of these. They have the AMS Glossary of Meteorology. Um, if you live in Boston, the storm talks that they do, the bookstore, but then they do a whole overview of the United States and the Storm Prediction Center, Weather Underground, USA Today, all these different sites and places where you can find data and specific data. They go through the raw data, the maps, the imagery, literally like um, Ooh, Penn I like State. it. Yeah. Oh, I see Ohio State University Weather Twister. Yeah. Oh, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great <laughs> site. Yeah. And then when it comes to educational stuff, they've got a lot of stuff from NOAA, um, from their space place, anything you can think of, and then any level kind of education. I mean, it goes on and on. And it's just, I mean, literally, you could spend like a year just reading through and going through all these. So, um, yeah, yeah that's it's great. That's it's a really good resource. And I have one more kind of fun one. Um, so in this, this, you might is find this a this heated ice scraper. No, <laughs> oh, no, this nope. is, so this is the Osmo pocket 4k. Have you heard about this, Josh? Yes. And I'm actually was planning on learning about it. So this is perfect timing actually. <laughs> yeah. So this is one is so in like the, the social media community is starting to grow a little bit and be big because it's like the tiniest little pocket handheld camera and the quality of the video that it produces is insane. You get the audio too. We had um, one of our friends that's an entrepreneur. She went to a conference and did a whole bunch of videotaping and everything with this. And you would have thought it was like some fancy camera. Um, and it was just this little pocket thing and you can fit it in anywhere. Um, and it, this is basically on my wish list. I'm going to be saving up for this little puppy, but it's, t I don't even know how small it really is. It looks like it's got some kind of stability control. Yes. Yes. Based so on I how, have, yeah. Okay. So that's I have, really cool. I have yeah. a larger one, um, that's like weighted where I can move it around and it stabilizes everything. Yep. Yep. Um, but this one is uh, small and like you could whip it out anywhere, whether you have kids, you're storm chasing, anything. That um, is very hey, cool. Hey, Jim, do you, do you guys know if that's like got a, like a Wi-Fi or Bluetooth that you can upload without connecting? I think it does. I'm does actually it? not sure of that because I don't um, have this one. 
But let's see. We can go through it right now. <laughs> is there, is there an optional? We, we can we can let it. We can wait. Uh, I'll, I'll look. Yeah, yeah. I will look. That is yeah. cool. But but it, but it's awesome. So and you can find all of this. This is episode ninety six. The show notes, um, and you can find it on the app too. On the website, we have all the little goodies, uh, nooks and crannies of the entire show on there. But yeah, that's that's on my wish list awesome. to get for cool. my birthday. Hopefully, thank you. For is there that. an that's optional windshield that. wiper on that? <laughs> so you get your you know. Yeah. Send me a postcard. I don't know. Drop me a line. <laughs> you got mail, baby. Yeah. All right. It's time for our freak fan box, MJ. Uh, we got anybody? We got mail from at the funky girl. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She, That's she awesome. chimes in. I love podcasts. I think it's because it feels like learning while doing things that don't take a ton of brain power, like cleaning, computer work, <laughs> etc. However, I burn through them fast, so I need some new ones. She says, I'll share some of my faves and hopefully you'll share yours. And I read that because she follows that right up with at Stormfront Freak for my Storm Chaser weather addict self. Some episodes I skip, but others are downright fascinating. Now she won't be skipping this one. She will not be skipping this one. Not 96. Very much fascinating. So uh, thank you at Funky Girl, uh, at The Funky Girl. And uh, thanks to all of our listeners. You can always chime in with us by uh, tweeting to us at Stormfront Freak or email us at questions at stormfrontfreaks.com. Very good. All right. So I think that just about does it uh, for this episode of Stormfront Freaks podcast. We want to thank you all for listening or watching. Before I go ahead and reveal who our next guest is going to be, um, I want to let you know MJ is doing it on the lower third if you're watching this already. So it went by too fast. What, what do you mean spoiler? by that? That's a spoiler. But anyway, um, I, I want to let you guys know uh, we love reviews. So if you guys, what, whatever, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts, you're allowed to leave uh, reviews that are written. Um, but we, we love reviews, especially if you love the show. Let us know what you love. Uh, and, and if it's one that you can write, we'll actually try and share that uh, on our next show. And don't forget to subscribe. Uh, every podcast app you listen to us on usually should have some kind of subscribe or follow button. It works just like a newspaper or magazine, but it's free. Uh, you hit subscribe, and all that means is when we upload the next show, you're going to get it right in your inbox uh, the minute it's there and not have to wait. So I, I definitely, uh, on behalf of all the co-hosts, special thanks, Josh, to you for being uh, on the show tonight. Yeah. Um, thanks, Josh. Thank you. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Great stories, and, and definitely wish you best uh, on hopefully season two of Hurricane Man. Uh, but our next episode, we're going to be recording live on YouTube uh, Thursday, the 23rd. So we're a bi-weekly show. It's going to be 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Central. We're going to be with Fox News Chief Meteorologist Rick Reichmuth, who's going to be returning to the show. Uh, so we always we had a great time with Rick when he yeah. was on last time. So uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. So for MJ, Maz, Dina, Jen, and Josh, uh, I'm going to go ahead and signal the all clear, and we will catch you guys next time. So have a good night. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Find our bi-weekly show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcast app. And watch our live and recorded shows on YouTube. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, merchandise, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you are there, check out our live interactive storm chaser radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Search Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. 
Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.